Welcome back to Crossing the Jordan, everybody. I pray that you're doing wonderful and uh, welcome back. This is another episode of an Always More Wednesday episode and this is titled Dead to Sin Sinners. Because you'll hear all the time, us as Christians, we talk about how we're sinners, we're sinners, we're sinners. And yet we are called to be holy, to share in God's holiness, to share in his his divine life, which is perfect love, to be partakers of the divine nature and to be divinized, to be fully glorified with Jesus in heaven and in our humanity, our bodies, our souls, everything will be fully redeemed, perfected in the love and the glory of God, where we will have no stain of sin. And yet we call ourselves sinner, call ourselves sinners. And so I wanted to pull this apart a little bit more. And so why is this? And I do think on the one hand is that we call ourselves sinners Rightly so. And why? It's simply because we are not God, meaning we are not self-sufficient. We are completely dependent upon God, his grace. The first thing that we are is we, we're here. We are created out of love. And yet that's something that we couldn't do on our own. That's the same exact thing with redemption. And it's just the fact of life that we are not self-sufficient. And so by that very fact is that even if we were perfected, we can still call ourselves sinners in the sense that we are not perfected. We are not where we should be apart from our own. Even Adam and Eve at the beginning when they are in full communion in the, in the garden in paradise, they truly were still, apart, like apart from God's grace, they would fall. But living in that, that harmony was by God's grace. And what is going to be uh, our calling and what we are called to and what we are going to participate in and in uh, the fullness of it in the new heavens and the new earth when Jesus comes to reign here as this beautiful king is that it will be by God's grace even then because we are not self-sufficient. It's only living in that participation of God's divine life, which is sheer goodness, truth, beauty, and love. And so in that sense, we are, and we are sinners flat out, <laughs> even when we're holy, because it is not, we are not self-sufficient. And we are completely dependent upon God's grace. And the life that we receive again and the redemption that we receive again is completely something that we receive. Truth, goodness, beauty, all those things that we're going to participate in is something that we receive, not create. And so we are sinners in that way. But we're also sinners because we really do fall short and we really do harm people and we really do think, speak, and act ways contrary than what we should. Or we fall, we fail to speak think and act the way that we should. And we're going to dive into a little bit later about the reality of sin and the power of sin and death that reigns through humanity. But also I just want to first hit on is that I do believe and I feel like in the Christian in the Christian life a lot of people use like oh we're sinners as if it's some sort of like excuse in order to say it's okay. Sin is not okay. Sin literally harms our own hearts, our souls, our mind, our thoughts, our intellect. Sin darkens the intellect. It weakens the will. It, it is a discourager to ourselves. It is death to self and it's death to the people around us. Sin is very real and sin is very powerful and sin is not something to say it's okay. Sin is not okay, especially in the Christian worldview and the fullness of revelation of God's love and how much he loves us and how much sin costs that it would take his only beloved son taking on our human flesh, entering into sinful flesh and taking the sins of humanity on to give us his divine life of holiness. 
to make us holy, not just call us holy, but to make us holy. And so we have to step back and say, no, sin is not okay. And I'm not going to call myself a sinner as if like, oh, I'll just make myself feel better. But it's also not to be hopeless because God's mercy is right there. So anytime we fall, we get right back up with joy, with joy. We look, we press on, we don't look back. And so that is the reality of the Christian life is that we don't, we take sin very seriously. And Hebrews, it talks about how we have not yet shed blood to avoid sin. And St. Peter, he talks about how um, someone who is suffering has ceased from sin. It's because somebody sees the reality of sin and will go through no matter what, even pain and suffering, and be united to, to Christ crucified in order to avoid sin, to shed blood as he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not as I will, Father, but you will, but please remove this cup from me, this cup of suffering. And so we see the reality of sin. We don't want it. But in our human flesh, if we fall, we get back, right back up joyfully as a child of God, being ready to be received just as the prodigal son, embraced by his father, even in the midst of our smelliness, <laughs> of our brokenness, of our straight-up disrespect and abuse of the gifts that we've been given. And so we take sin very seriously, and then we're not hopeless when we do sin or fall because we are into, we have access to that throne of grace and mercy. But as we continue in our intimacy with Jesus and we grow in holiness, sin in the Christian life, mortal sin to choose to do something extremely wrong is not part of the Christian life. And it is not normal. <laughs> sin is contrary to God's plan for us, as we've always talked about. But also, just we have access to that grace to, be, to overcome those sins, not by our own power, but by the grace of God. And we also, what's so beautiful about like being a part of Encounter Ministries and doing inner healing and physical healing and seeing all these radical changes in people's and transformation, um, it's because the grace given to us in the sacraments have to know how to be utilized. And this is the this is what it's naming the tools that God has given us and being able to use the tools. And so just receiving God's grace, yes, it can be powerful. And it can be right on the spot without even having to think about it. And that the Lord loves does does break in that way. But the Lord also loves to break in through our thoughts and our hearts and to co-labor, to cooperate, uh, for us to cooperate with his grace and the tools that he's giving us. And so knowing how to use them is part of the, that powerful grace that God gives us in order to truly be, as we're called to be, dead to sin. And so yet we're sinners and yet, St. Paul tells us to be dead to sin. And we've talked about this in previous episodes where we talked about the reality of sin, is that shun immorality. Do not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he says, you are dead to sin. <laughs> dead to sin. This is in Romans 6, 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And it's all over scripture. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right hand causes you to sin, pluck it out. And again, if you're hearing this, episode for the first time. We talked about this in the past. He's not saying literally, but he's saying do whatever you can to cut it off. If you lead one of these little ones to sin, a millstone, it's better for you to be thrown into the lake with a millstone. And millstone is a 2,000 pound uh, rock. You'd be taken down quick because <laughs> this is the reality of sin. And when Jesus talks about these strong, powerful words, it's not out of, uh, out of fear. It's because he loves you. He loves you so much that he tell, he'll actually tell you how bad it is. 
He'll tell you how bad it is. And that's what we need to do as Christians and for ourselves because sin is not a part of the Christian life. Sin it should not be a part of the Christian life. It's all over scripture. Do not sin. Do not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are all sin. And those desires of the flesh are our broken human nature apart from God's grace. And so this power of sin, and that's what it's actually described as in scripture and in the catechism, specifically in Romans, it talks about how sin is like an invasion, like it reigns, it's a power. It has this dominion. It has this, we are captive to it. We can't fight it. And that's the same thing with death. Death is going to happen to us no matter what. We can do all that we want. We can do every single self-help program. We're going to die. And scripture actually talks about sin and death in a dominion way. It's like another word for Lord and a captive way to be sold under it. And you have no power. You can't stop it. And they're actually written death and sin as if they were governments. It's this real power. Let's go through a few of these scriptures. In Romans 3.9, St. Paul says that all men are under the power of sin. In Romans 5.12, St. Paul again says, As sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all men sinned. And in verse 14, St. Paul continues to say that death reigned over Adam to Moses and to this present day. Death reigned. And so it has this power. Sin is an invasion. Death is a penetration. Another word for that I've heard uh, Father John Ricardo talk about it is that it's been kinged, if it was a real, real word. Death has kinged people. There is a power over it, or rather a power over us. And in Romans 5.21, St. Paul says, sin reigned in death, but also grace also might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's the good news. Jesus conquers this power, this invasion of sin and death. And in Romans 7, 14 through 15, St. Paul talking about the reality of sin, he tells, says that we're sold under sin and we do not understand our own actions, that we do not do what we want and we do the very thing that we hate. And he goes on later in that same uh, chapter in chapter 7 of Romans to say, who will deliver me from this, from this flesh, from this bro- broken flesh? Because our Broken human nature, apart from God's grace, always wants to lash out. It's just because sin is a power. Death is a power. It's an invasion into the human race, and it's contrary to God's law. In wisdom, we know that this is not a part of God's direct will, but he does He does allow it. It's just part of his permissive will to bring a greater good because out of this these lies that the devil tells us, out of envy for your plan for all of humans' race, it was out of envy that sin and death came into the world. Out of envy of the devil, he would lie to us, tempt us, and he continues to this day. He prowls about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But Jesus, he's the stronger man that came to tie up, to bind the strong man that is the devil and to plunder all of his goods and to set us free from that. He came, 1 John 3 says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And he went about in Acts, it talks about Jesus, the Son of God, went about doing good and healing and healing all those who are oppressed by the devil. And so Jesus enters into this invasion of sin. He enters into this power of death. And so, and why am I talking about this? And when it's talking about, we're talking about dead to sin sinners is because like we talked about before, we are sinners apart from God's grace and we're not self-sufficient even if we were holy. (laughs) And 
and yet God calls us to be dead to sin. And yet in the Christian life, in Romans 6, it talks about how we're baptized into Jesus' death and we're raised to new life in him in his resurrection. And so to walk according to the Spirit, we've been giving the Holy, given the Holy Spirit in our baptism. And yet we also have to know how to use those graces, how to partner with Jesus' grace, but also he wants to co-labor with us. So we have to directly participate. This is just as St. Paul says, he does not shadow box, but he pummels his body so that he can continue to persevere. And that's what we talked about in the beautiful uh, teachings of penance and mortifications. It's so that our hearts, our minds, our thoughts would be pruned by the Holy Spirit so that we would no longer say um, yes to anything that is contrary to God's will and say all things, we would say no to all things that would hurt us and hurt the human family and to live and participate in God's redemptive action. And yet, so he gives us these tools, this, these graces, so that we can co-labor and partner with him to overcome sin and death and the devil and these tempta- the temptations of this broken world, to live apart, to set and be renewed in God's grace. And that's the power of grace, is that it's not as overcoming of our free will, but it's freeing us so that our free will can choose to participate in God's love, which is always choosing the good for the sake of good, for the sake of truth, for the sake of beauty and love itself. That is the very nature of God. And this is the importance of perseverance and continuation of going deeper into the heart of Jesus every single day. As Christians, it's not a one and once and done. And we also had an episode about that in our in this uh, series that we've been doing um, on salvation. Once saved, always saved. <laughs> no, it Jesus saved us once and he continues to save us every single day. And this is the beautiful gift of prayer is that Jesus, he wants to look us in our eyes and we he calls us to look in his eyes and to be purified out of his great, in his great love. And this is the, when we talk about the power of sin and death, it's a reality that every single human being tastes, experiences, and will taste and experience. It's a, it's a power, it's an invasion into the human race. And yet Jesus enter, enters into that to overcome it. And the one who is abiding in us, the one who lives in us, the Holy Spirit, is greater than he who, that, who is in the world. That is Satan and the fallen angels and the broken humanity. And so he calls us into a deeper relationship every single day to purify us, to continue to make us holy, to participate in his righteousness, to participate in his greatness and his, in his holiness. And I heard it said this way beautifully that even like Aristotle, living a virtuous life is to do the right thing even when it's hard. And yet in the Christian worldview, it is that. It is that. We do things that are hard, but we do do it because love is calling us onto that. The love of Christ compels us. So we do things that may be hard and difficult in our broken humanity. And yet we say, come Holy Spirit teach us how to pray. Come Holy Spirit, do this in us. Come Holy Spirit, do this with us. Come Holy Spirit, do this through us. And so what God calls us to is one, impossible, but two, that's why God's grace is is flooded into our hearts, is to overcome all of these things that are in the world that would potentially separate us from the love of God. And so we continue pressing into Jesus's heart. And so He gives us this grace to overcome these things. And yet, so at the beginning, 
it is that purgative stage stage of of this beautiful process that we call sanctification that at the end it would be fully full union with God himself which is love itself and so but during that purgative phase we say we do things that we know are going to be hard to do but we do it because we know that it's the right thing to do we continue to prune but also the feelings the will the emotions the appetites continue to follow our our will so God gives us the power to choose that our wills would choose the right thing and then our feelings will follow and the next thing you know your thought process becomes God's thoughts well really that was the wrong way to say it but our our thoughts become a participation in what God thinks our acts become things that that God wants to do our speech becomes the ways of our is, is the speech of God of truth and love and so we become more and more divinized we become more and more holy we become more and more into the image of his son and what's been drawing so, me so lately is that it says in first john that at the end of time when we see jesus that we will be like him because we will see him as he is and yet in the christian life this came that writing came from the same beloved disciple who rested his head on the heart of jesus and who says that in first john that they saw they touched the word of god the word of truth jesus god himself in the flesh out of intimacy right here and now in this life looking at the eyes of christ and and then through our love hope and our faith is that we continue to become more and more like him who is perfect love and so that is the great beauty of the grace of god and so yes we are sinners because we are not self-sufficient and sin and death is a power and it reigns through humanity and if we slip and fall and if we do not stay alert and watch and do not continue to press into god's heart we will fall (laughs) again but sin is not normal in the christian life intimacy with god always being in his presence getting a nasty thought jesus what do you think about this i renounce this in jesus name and jesus what's the truth of this i receive and declare that truth jesus i only want you our hearts are restless until they rest in you and so yes we are sinners but we are dead to sin sinners and that's why in the hail mary we say pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death it's because yes we are never self-sufficient we are never self-reliant we always need need god's grace so we're sinners and yet we ask for in the moment and for perseverance throughout our lives that we would always fix our eyes on her beloved son jesus who came to destroy the works of the devil and to fill us with that divine life of grace Thank you.